It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. presentation of KSL Sports. Hello, Cougar Nation. Hand off middle. First down. Touchdown! And listen to the Cougar Nation. Every Monday night, we break down the Cougars' last game and look ahead to next week. Cougar Nation, brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. Here's BYU insider Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio. Good evening, Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte with you once again on this Monday evening, recapping what just transpired in BYU football this past weekend, and then, of course, looking ahead. We're going to be talking about the BYU game at Kansas. As the Cougars fall for the first time, 38-27. to We'll also get a look ahead to the Cincinnati Bearcats. And we're also giving away tickets to that Friday night game against the Bearcats. So call in, 801-575-8255. Last chance to qualify for those tickets. We've been having that buildup over the past few weeks. So 801-575-8255. If you get on the air You'll be in the qualifying pool to win those tickets. And we'll give those away in this show. So you yes. got to call in like the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Make it wanna, happen. If you want to sneak in. Otherwise, last segment of the show, we'll announce the winners and we'll reach out via email for whoever wins. But if you're listening, if you called in previously, stay tuned for this entire hour as we choose the winner for the BYU-Cincinnati tickets. But Mitch, let's go back and recap what the heck happened in Kansas. Cougar Nation takeaways. Mitch and Matt analyze BYU's last week of play and what it means for the next week. BYU in their first ever Big 12 Conference matchup against the Jayhawks in Lawrence, Kansas did not go the way they wanted it to. They lost 38-27 to and I think the first takeaway, Mitch, is missed opportunity. That felt like a, a winnable game. Even with the Shaky start on the scoop and score. They had the lead at halftime. And Kalani's stats, when having a lead at the half, have been very good in his career. And it didn't pan out that way. And it just felt like a big missed opportunity because I did not walk away from that game feeling like, wow, Kansas is head and shoulders better than BYU. Felt like BYU shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, and it was one too many times. See, I feel differently. I feel like Kansas was the far better team. Oh. I do. I, I feel like Kansas... Had more athleticism. They had better. They had more speed. Their secondary just shut BYU down, and I just I came away from that game feeling like that was a real wake up call to what life is like in the gauntlet of the Big Twelve. Now I know this league is down this year. Don't get don't get it twisted. This this is not fourteen teams. They're just all loaded. But I still came away from that game thinking Kansas might be a far better team. Than I was giving them credit for. I thought maybe six and six, seven and five for the Jayhawks. They might be in the upper tier of this league to where they're making a chase to be in Arlington for the Big Twelve Championship game if they play like that every single week. I, I just thought their offense was so creative, so unique. BYU, they 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 did enough to hang around, but those costly mistakes were were killers. They lose by eleven and they spotted them fourteen. You mm-hmm. take those points off the board, that doesn't necessarily translate to a win, but BYU is squarely in the mix. It was just 
too many mistakes, uh, and it goes further than that. Uh, penalties, some questionable play calling. It's just across the board, it was not a clean game from BYU, and, and I think that was the biggest takeaway. Second takeaway, Mitch, for me, and this is an obvious one, but the run game, it was an issue against Arkansas. It is officially a full-blown problem. The fact that they cannot get anything going in the run game is a major issue going forward. Nine rush yards, Mitch. They're averaging less than five rushing yards a quarter for the last seven quarters. And if you take out that 45-yard touchdown run from L.J. Martin against Arkansas, they only had 10 in in the first quarter. So they're barely getting 10 yards a quarter on the ground. It's just it's mind-boggling, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering how much experience is there on the offensive line. But when you become one-dimensional like BYU was for the entirety of that Kansas game, it's hard. It's hard to not throw interceptions. It's hard to sustain drives when every play you got to throw the football. Aiden Robbins banged up, and BYU's running back depth, which felt like a strength coming into the season – suddenly doesn't feel as deep. Uh, it's suddenly become just L.J. Martin and an occasional pass to Deion Smith. L.J. Martin's the future, and he's got a bright future ahead of him, and I don't have any knocks on L.J. Martin. There was even some plays on a fourth and one in the first half where he's leaning back to get that tough yard and move the sticks. I love what I've seen from L.J. Martin, but this ground game is just completely stalled, and BYU is never going to succeed as a one-dimensional team. They're just no. not. I mean, Keaton Slovis kind of touched on it today in the press conference that they probably want to be a 60-40 team, pass-to-run ratio. I agree. We talked about that coming into the season. The best BYU teams all time, you go look it up, 1984, 1996, 1983, the pass-run ratio, typically 60-40, 2006, 2009. BYU's always going to lean a little bit more to the pass, but you got to have a strong ground attack that's going to make these defenses respect you. Kansas didn't respect the run at all, and so they were just bringing four-man pressure, and they were getting to the quarterback, and BYU's offensive line continues to underperform. I thought Kingsley did a really good job for BYU, but he got banged up, and we'll get to that. But I just think that that offensive line unit's not opening enough holes, and the ground game is just completely stalled. That's concerning. You're, you're not going to win – any game in this league, I don't care who it's against, whether it's Iowa State, Cincinnati this week, you're not going to win really anything if you can't get some sort of ground attack going because what they're doing right now, it's not getting it done. Another takeaway, Mitch. Too many mistakes. It's just this is another week where there was a lot of mistakes and it goes beyond the turnovers, right? Like the, the Parker Kingston turnover, that was a big hit. There was a missed block that opened up the opportunity for the big hit. That happens in football. The third down pick six from Keaton Slovis, that was a bad throw. That was a bad decision. And then the final interception, I didn't have a problem with it. You're trying to get back in the football game. Miscommunication between Slovis and Chase Roberts. Uh, Slovis was throwing the back shoulder. Roberts was running the go route. It didn't connect. But you can only have so many mistakes. And then on the other side, when you don't force any mistakes, no Kansas turnovers, it's just it's nearly impossible to win a football game when you are – Minus three in the turnover margin. It's just, it's it's unfortunate. Then he got the penalties on top of that. Although, I think BOU fans, myself included, and maybe even you, were kind of like, another illegal touching. What the freak is going on? <laughs> you go back and look at that. That's a horrible call. It's not illegal touching. Uh, Keelan Marion clearly signaled to the official 
that he was off the line, and the the official who made the call had no business doing it. That was that was frustrating, but still, too many mistakes. And when you're playing on the road in Big Twelve play, you can't have that many mis- mistakes and expect to win. I think one thing we've learned from these past two games is the uh, margin for error is razor thin. Uh, If they don't make one more play in that Arkansas game, they lose that game. And they made too many mistakes in this game, and they lost. And so you got to run the football better. you got to cut down the mistakes. And it just just goes further than turnovers. I want to see improvement this week against Cincinnati on just playing clean football. Don't commit penalties. Do the little things. Even beyond turnovers, like you're saying, think about timeouts. You come out of a three-minute injury timeout – Kansas has a player down. You come back on the field, blow the whistle for an unnecessary timeout. You had three minutes to get that play ready, and you weren't ready? How does that happen? We know the phone lines are blowing up. we got to get to the phone lines. Uh, We talk about the mistakes. Gordon from Salt Lake, he wants to talk about the turnovers. Gordon, what's on your mind about this BYU team and the mistakes they're making? So uh, while I was talking to the screener about the lack of the running game, that, that's what I was talking to him about. Then when they put me on to listen to you guys, you were talking about the lack of the running game. And so you're right, the turnovers, um, those other things. But if if you had a running game, it would change the complexion of this of these games. It's just it's it's the it's the glaring problem. You still bought into L.J. Martin, Gordon? Um, um, yes, I don't I don't think it's the running backs' problems. It's yeah. the it's the line. They need to open up the line and move guys out of the way. I'm with you there. I, I thanks for the call, Gordon. And again, if you get on the air, if your call gets onto the air with us, you'll be the last minute qualifier for those BYU Cincinnati tickets. You got to get on the air. So keep the phone lines blowing up. Eight zero one five seven five eight two five five to share your takes. I I'm like Gordon. I I still believe in L J Martin. O line's got to do a better job, and it ties in all the mistakes. You can't give up these devastating turnovers. And that BYU's been pretty good about that. I mean, Keaton Slovis, Jaron Hall, Zach Wilson over the years—they have been great at avoiding the disaster turnovers. That was very uncharacteristic for BYU to have that many just you know scoop and score at a pick six. And what was unfortunate about the pick six in the third quarter? was that any momentum you built going into the halftime locker room Gone. instantly shot in 45 seconds in the second half. Yeah, it's a good call. And I would even go back further. Uh, I don't think it was an Aiden Robin, Robbins problem either. So, you know, I've for the whole year, I felt like it's a mm-hmm. line issue. I think Robbins can have success. L.J. Martin can have success. Like, but if you don't – and it, look, honestly, it's not just the line either, right? Like, I don't know if the tight ends are getting the job done as well as they should – Wide receivers are clearly not blocking great because the Parker Kingston turnover was a direct correlation to a wide receiver whiffing the block on the outside. So it it is a complete offensive issue right now. We know Paul from Farmington's on hold. We'll get to him on the other side. We'll get some more of your phone calls, 801-575-8255. we got to take a break. On the other side, we'll give out some helmet stickers from the game. It's Cougar Nation, and it's powered by KSL Sports. Cougar Nation. 75-yard touchdown. Monday at 6 on KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation, you're listening to Cougar Nation, powered by KSL Sports. 
Man, the phone line is buzzing, so we just can't waste any time. We want to hear from you, BYU fans, your thoughts on the loss against Kansas, maybe looking ahead to Cincinnati. Let's go to the phone line. Let's go to Hillary in Orem, and then we'll go to Paul after that. I know Paul's been waiting, but Hillary in Orem, what do you got for us? Okay, well, honestly, I'm here for the tickets, but I will say this. BYU has always had a problem with their defense. They've, it's never really been a, a key focus, and if you're going to try and rebuild the program, it would be nice if you focused on that too. They always get emotional. It happens during the game, and it happens throughout the season. They get all worked up, and they get really excited, and then as one, once the, the energy tops off and they lose all the endorphins, they, they're screwed. <laughs> they, they lose it, and they can't, they can't recover. They can't refocus, and they can't come back together and that's that's what you see throughout the whole entire season every single season they can't follow through thanks for the call hillary i think you're not wrong in in previous years i think this year i'm not ready to go to that extent look defensively that first half was pretty dang good and in the second half i thought there were some injuries that hurt and how many times can you have a scoring play by the other team's defense and it not affect your mojo and your ability. I, I'm going to wait wait and see, Mitch, what happens against Cincinnati before I may, make any declarations because I still feel like this defense is capable. I feel like they're much improved. The defensive line, that was a step back against Kansas. There was no havoc, no pressure on Jalen Daniels, but I wasn't quite ready to say this defense is no good. I've seen a lot of improvement so far. I think one of the things is, though, with BYU, is that they, they always just, they can't string it week after week after week. Yep. I think it's one of the fair knocks on BYU is that they will have these high of highs, you go and win at Arkansas, but then you have an immediate letdown the next week. Why can't you just string it together for a good month? Yep. Why? Why can't BYU do that for four or five or even for weeks? a full game. <laughs> I just I don't I don't understand that. Other teams have done it. It's rare. Like it's tough in college football to go four or five straight weeks. But I mean BYU just always. It feels like the fans get put in a spot where they go on these high of highs, and then it's just keep your guard up because the fall is going to be steep. Now I do think they will bounce back, and I think that they're going to be a resilient team. I hope so. I feel like that's the case. Uh, but I, I do think that. Uh, you know, it's just, and you almost kind of wonder too, would have been better just to win at Kansas instead of the Arkansas win? Because at the end of the day, the Kansas game would have meant a lot more. Yeah. The Arkansas good fortunes already erased. But let, let's get out of the phone line again, brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth, Cougar Nation. Let's get to Paul from Farmington, who's been patiently waiting. He, like Hillary from Orem, is now qualified to win tickets potentially. The BYU Cincinnati game will announce the winner coming up at the end of the show. So keep the phone lines buzzing. Paul, what's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hillary is uh, sounds like a very nice lady, but I'm I'm afraid she's going to have to just watch this game at home. Jay Hill, I'm actually been very impressed with yeah. uh, the product he's put on the field. It's tough, like you guys have said, to uh, have your offense go out, give up a touchdown first quarter on the, on offense. You know, Kansas picks up the fumble, goes back for a touchdown. Unfortunate uh, on Kingsley's part, but. Um, you know, that's tough. That's not on the defense. And then you come out in the second half and you give up another touchdown. Overall, I think our defense has played well. And what I love is Jay Hill's brought in some guys from Weber State, um, you know, small school. But they show, hey, these guys can compete. And I love it. And I think they're doing a good job. They did get war- kind of wearing 
they got worn down a little bit in that fourth quarter with the run game. Um, Kansas kind of figured out something was working. Um, but what I would like to see is reverse the tables. Let's come out hot. Let's make a big play in the first quarter rather than, you know, our opponent. And that's kind of uh, something that it's tough to – we've fought back in both games the last two weeks. Yeah. But it's hard to get down. You look at that Utah game, first play of the game, Utah takes one to the house on defense. And that's that's the difference. And we've seen that in years past where we have that. And, and we're really just, you know, some of it's luck. Some of it's uh, uh, just being in the right place at the right time. But that's what I think it's going to take to win some more games in this Big 12 conference is making a big play early. And like you guys said, the margin of error is just so slim. Um, you you got to cut back on those turnovers. Otherwise, I think we're in that game. You know, we we give up 14 points on offense, and yet we, we could still win that game. That's what's crazy about that whole stat. So thanks for the call. My daughter would love to go to the game. She's sitting right here with me. She's got one thing to say, and then I'll go. Go Cougars! <laughs> Love that. Th- thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. And thanks to your daughter for that uh, Go Cougars. That was a great, great call. I, I, you know, I think, Paul, I'm with you on Jay Hill. He's outstanding. He's going to – he's only going to get better, too, as long as he's the defensive coordinator at BYU. I'm telling you, next year, too, the talent's going to be even better. I mean, the, the way that he's recruiting, this is only the beginning with Jay Hill. Uh, th- this is coming starting from the ground up, and I feel like what they become already in such a short turnaround with Jay Hill, it's night and day different. I mean, th- it was great to see in moments where it's a third and long and you're bringing the heat, and they're getting to Jalen Daniels. Yep. Now, you wonder what's going to happen if Ben Bywater's out, how that changes the d- dynamic. He suffered a shoulder injury, going to have an MRI today. It's happening right now, I believe, or earlier today. So we'll get word what happened with, with how long Ben Bywater's out a little bit later this week. But uh, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that Jay Hill can turn something uh, with anyone that's playing for, for BYU on that defensive side. wasn't all bad against Kansas, and I, and I don't think we should flush away the season, Mitch. There were, no. some, there were some encouraging things there. Well, and also, I mean, you, you look at you're in a conference now. Yep. That, that's one of the great things I think we're forgetting is that it's no longer independence where you lose one game and it's like, oh, you're going to the Mexico Bowl, you're going to some bowl that ESPN slides you in with, and you're going to play some Sun Belt team. No, every bowl game in the Big 12, you're going to play a Power 5 team. And even if BOE finishes 6-6, six and six, you're going to go to a good bowl against a good opponent. And yeah. I'm signing me up for that. Get to a bowl game. That's got to be the goal for BYU. Let's get out to another phone call. Jeff from Springville. He wants to talk about the fourth quarter from that BYU-Kansas game. Jeff, what do you got to say? Yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, I do appreciate you taking my call. Um, I know you're swamped. Um, I think the Cougars are doing much better this year. I mean, I know it's tough. I think they're doing much. The one frustrating thing with me in the last game, though, crucial time in the fourth quarter, uh, Kansas, it was third down and short, uh, and they, uh, the quarterback got the ball, and he had all the time in the world, all the time in the world to make a pass and completion and got a first down. And, it was just frustrating because at the crucial times, our defense had a really hard time stopping him on the pass. That's all I wanted to say. So um, thanks a lot for your call. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks, Jeff. And I think you bring up a good point, which is this defensive line, um, big step back against Kansas. And you yeah. really go back to that performance against Arkansas even, Mitch. The defensive line was much better in that game, but they got help from blitz packages. Think about some plays made late in the game. You got Eddie Heckard coming in, forcing a fumble. So this defensive line, and Jay Hill's talked about this, Mitch. 
This defensive line with three and four, they have to find a way to get more pressure. we got to take a break. Cougar Nation is brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth, fee-only fiduciaries who help you live within your meaning. BlueBarnWealth.com on the other side. Maybe we'll do some helmet stickers. We'll take some more calls, and uh, we'll get to some what's trending as well. Back after this. Cougar Nation. Touchdown. Cougars take the lead. Every Monday at 6 on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in the Cougar Nation. Appreciate all of you being part of the show. Phone lines, YouTube, text, everywhere. Listening on the KSL News Radio app. We got some YouTube comments coming in as well. Michael Christensen on our YouTube stream says, Go Cougs. Excited for the ticket giveaway tonight. Yes. Got a lot of people qualified for that ticket giveaway, BYU Cincinnati. Keep the phone line coming, 801-575-8255. Next segment, we're, we're, we're giving, spinning the wheel. Yep, we're spinning the wheel. And if you want to know if we're doing this legit or not, go to KSL Sports uh, YouTube. We're going to share <laughs> the wheel with, yes. with the with, on the YouTube screen so you can see that baby spin. Everyone who's called in, your name is on there. We're doing it right. It's fair and square. It is fair and square. We got to, every week, we, we're fair and square where, hey, even on a loss, we're going to be fair and square by dishing out some helmet stickers. Cougar Nation, helmet stickers. Mitch and Matt dish out the stickers for BYU's best players this week. Even in a loss, Cougar Nation, there's still some positives. There's still some players, some individual performances that warrant being praised. I'll start things off here. I'm going Darius Lassiter. What a moment for Darius. Eastern Michigan transfer, first season at BYU. Comes in, plays at Kansas. Got strong family ties to the Jayhawks. His dad played there, the late, great Kwame Lassiter, who was an, a Kansas legend, I found out. I was talking to people at Kansas. They said there's probably not a – the Lassiter name is among the, the great families in Kansas What's football like, history. Uh, the, the Rex or the Kafusi Yeah, Kafusi. You think uh, the Reynolds back in the Reynolds day for BYU. Yeah. There, there's been some good family names. It, it's, it doesn't feel like it's as common at other schools to have – line after line of family members joining a program. BYU were like, this happens just all the time. <laughs> like, there's seven kids in this family. They're all part of, you know, the BYU family. Uh, so it was special for Darius. And he got the first touchdown grab of BYU's Big 12 era, tying it up 7-7. to Just cool game. Him competing with his brother, Quentin. I think his first catch, Quentin Lasser, the DB for Kansas, pushed him out. Just kind of cool to see brother versus brother competing. Quinn gets the upper hand in this one. Maybe there could be another chance next year for for Darius and Quinn to compete again. But cool moment for both those guys. He's been a bit of a surprise for me. He honestly. has. I, out of him and Keelan, I would have thought Marion would have had these type of numbers. Well, think about this, Matt. Coming into the year, you would have thought, I, I think we were one of the shows that said, Chase Roberts is your number one. Right. I, I even kind of tossed out Keelan Marion maybe being that number one. We weren't sold on Cody Epps being the number one guy. We thought he'd be a guy, but not the number one. But I think a lot of people thought Cody Epps was going to be number one. I think they thought Keanu Hill maybe number two, Chase Roberts number three. That's not it at all. Keanu Hill and Cody Epps are probably more four, five, five six, and yeah. seven. Right. And maybe they're moving up because, you know, just some injuries. Parker Kingston gets dinged up on, on Saturday. So that wide receiver unit, the key cogs are – Far different than the names we were talking about, a lot of people were talking about in August. For me, I'm going to give it to Keaton Slovis. Uh, not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but 357 yards passing, two, Ds, uh, two TDs, did have the two picks, but 
I thought all things considered, he played pretty well. There were some good throws in the fourth quarter that kept hope alive, albeit it was slim. And look, I've been impressed. He has um, outplayed my expectations up to this point. He needs some help, though. He needs a running game to take some of the load off. But Keaton Slovis, not bad. Uh, he Let's put it this way. He did enough to where they could have won this game if it wasn't for maybe that scoop and score fumble and a few other things. So uh, by no means would I put this loss on Keaton. I, I hope he's fully healthy. The one nice thing about him, though, and if you remember at the end of the game, he gets his foot stepped on. He's limping a little bit. He said he was okay, and he addressed the media today. He's not a guy that needs to be having uh, probably a 100% foot to be able to play still. Think yeah. back to the days when John Beck, what was it, Arizona or TCU in 2006, his, his ankles were just double tape, heavily <laughs> wrapped up, and he's still Sucks. slinging it. He's still slinging it. Keenan Slovis, even if his foot's not you know 100%, He's going to be fine because he's not going to be a guy that's running much. I will say, though, I was stunned when they called a quarterback keeper for him and he took a hard shot in the first half. I'm thinking, what is going on? Why are you designing that hit for Keenan Slovis to take? Don't let that guy get hit if he doesn't need to. And hopefully the offensive line going forward protects him a little bit better so he's not taking any hits and he's standing upright throughout an entire game. My other helmet sticker from this game, as BYU again falls to Kansas 38-27, to but there were some highlight performances. A.J. Vongfachon, I love this guy. Linebacker, last year in the program, first and only year with the Cougar football program coming in from Utah State. He just hits so – he's just so violent the way he plays. And I love watching his physicality. I will say, if Ben Bywater's out, and we'll get more word later this week on Ben. I feel okay still with BYU's linebackers with Thule and Vong Fajan. You probably assume they're going to go with five DBs, more of a nickel. I still think they could be okay. Ben means a ton to this BYU defense, but Vong Fajan's right there in terms of high-level production. Just kind of, He's already become a captain. He is a leader of the BYU's defense. Losing Ben, though, would be as painful as the loss itself. He, I mean, yeah. he, led, he still led the team in tackles. He didn't even play the whole game. Like He is a tackling machine. He's gotten better every single year. Losing Ben for any amount of time is a blow to this defense. My last helmet sticker on Cougar Sports Saturday. That's another show we do if uh, you're tuning in for the first time. Every Saturday, noon to 3 we break down the upcoming games uh, and, and just talk all things BYU and Cougar Sports Saturday weekly show right here on KSL News Radio. I've sort of become a, a special teams guy myself, and why not go special teams here, Mitch? Mr. Special Teams, Matt Biamonte, giving a sticker to the special teams, Will Farron. I feel like those were some hard-angled kicks that went right down the middle. I'm feeling good about Will. I, I I wouldn't say that I want him kicking from 50 all that often, but I think he's proven so far this year inside of 40, you're feeling good that you're going to get three points. And that is a long way from where we were in spring football, where the kicks that we were seeing, we were like, are they going to be able to make a field goal? (laughs) So they've look tip of the cap to K pop special teams coordinator. The kicking team looks solid. Uh, So will Farron two for two, now, those needed to be touchdowns to see in this football yeah. game, but still, to walk away with some made field goals, I'm feeling good about the kicking game. How I, I like the fact that BYU has a field goal kicker that 
they can maybe trust 40 yards in. Yeah. And if a drive does stall, you don't have to always go for it. I will say, though, BYU has this – we know Kalani's aggressive, but they sometimes have been ultra-aggressive this year. What do you think – there was a little bit of back and forth between Kalani and a reporter today – they looked like they were going to go for two when they were down by nine. Yeah, I hated that. I was confused that made in the moment. no sense to me. Because it felt like if you don't make this, game over. It, right. It's done. And there was a penalty, and then they ultimately yes. got pushed back, and they went for the extra point. But I did. I disagreed with that all the way. Sounds like you did as well, Mitch. I did. It just that's Look, it's football 101. You don't go for two until you have to go Kalani for Kalani said two. the analytics that they have said – Go for two. I don't care about the analytics. This yeah. is this is football analytics, man. You like <laughs> the feel. You, you keep it. It's well. The, here, analyze this analytics. How do you keep the morale up when you miss the two point conversion and now you're down two scores? Yeah. Huh? Riddle me that. Well, is that in the analytics? And I bring that up because last week at Arkansas, or two weeks ago now, they had that fake field goal. There was a penalty on that one, and it ended up being a good thing. Because then they settled for the field goal. It's just been interesting on some of these situations where they bring out the kicker or they don't. They, they've been very aggressive. And week one, they had the fake punt call that was not quite fourth and 19 territory. So what Johnny you're telling Lenhan. me is all of these times when they're trying to pull a fast one, it's failing. They're <laughs> 0 for 3, right? But Two I don't think penalties. it's slowing down. I don't think it's slowing down. I think Kalani's going to keep being Look, aggressive. I, li- I like the aggressive nature. Me but too. And the first two, I'm fine with. Like that fake field goal against Arkansas. It's not a conference game. You're yeah. trying to get a win. If that doesn't work, it doesn't bother me. This would have bothered me, though, <laughs> if they had gone for two, truly, and not got it when they didn't need to. Blue Barn Wealth, fee-only fiduciaries who help you live within your meaning. BlueBarnWealth.com, proud sponsors of Cougar Nation. We're taking our final time out. On the other side, we will get to what's trending up and trending down and also giving away those tickets for BYU and Cincinnati. Friday night showdown. Here on KSL News Radio 815. And the game, of course, will be taking place in Provo. So coming back, we'll give away those tickets and trending up and trending down here on Cougar Nation. Cougar Nation. The Cougars picked it up. And in overtime, they won it. Every Monday at 6 on KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation. Love these nights. Monday nights. Spending it with Cougar Nation 6 to this 7. It's a special time. It is. We congregate as a. BYU family, we talk through things honestly. Yeah, we we kind of heartfelt conversations. Hey, I know losses are tough, Cougar Nation, but we're gonna get through this. We're gonna we're gonna be okay. It's the Big Twelve. Yeah, we'll see it through. How many losses in the Big Twelve before that's no longer acceptable? Mm. Two more, three losses. Well, in. I would say if you have a losing record, that's not acceptable. Yeah, the standard should not be lowered because you're in. The Big 12. BYU has a winning standard, yep. and that shouldn't be lowered even for any league. You should level up with the league you're going to because BYU wins football games. There's a high standard with this program, but I think Cougar fans are also reasonable, too. You know, we were just talking off the air about fan base dynamics and whatnot and with our producer, but I think Cougar fans have, they've been very, I think, reasonable through this transition where they didn't come in thinking, oh, yeah, this is. They're going to take the Big 12 by storm. I think that was more UCF fans. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to run this league right away. UCF fans have already become maybe 
the most, I don't want to say hated fan base, but they've made their presence They're felt. just holding the torch for one year, right? <laughs> yeah, if we had a if we had a Night Nation show, there'd be a little more uh vol it'd be a little more volatile. But I think Cougar Nation's been reasonable for sure. And Cougar Nation, of course, every single Monday night, six to seven, brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. We appreciate them being on board with us on this show. And every week we kind of size up what's trending and what's trending down with Cougar football. Cougar Nation, trending. What's trending up and what's trending down this football season? Before we get to what's trending, for those of you anxiously awaiting, the giveaway is mere minutes away. Yes, and we'll make you, this quick. And if you want to go to YouTube, KSL Sports, <laughs> we're, look, the show is live on KSL News Radio. It's live on YouTube, too. You can watch us if you dare. Some people have said we're kind of entertaining, so it could be it could be worth a watch. But uh, we will share our screen as we spin the wheel for the winner in just a moment. Trending up for me, Mitch. Let's start uh, on a positive note. There's a few different ways that you could go, but I ultimately decided that Darius Lasseter, who you gave a helmet sticker to, he's trending up for me. A, a little slow start out of the gate. I felt like in that opening game there was a lot of Chase Roberts, a lot of Isaac Rex. It's been nice these past two weeks to see Darius Lasseter become a guy that is frequently targeted. Him, Chase Roberts, and Isaac Rex both the double-digit targets against Kansas. I wasn't sure how much he was going to factor in, I'll be honest. And uh, he has been a pleasant surprise. I think he's a mainstay for the BOU wide receiver group right now. You brought up his name for me on my trending up. Isaac Rex, 13 targets in the loss to Kansas. I just think he's become kind of the go-to safety valve for Keaton Slovis in this passing game. And it's it's been kind of fun to see that because, Matt, I think we identified that and kind of said it in some of our spring ball recaps. I went back in March and watched some of our old spring ball videos, and we said after practice number five, said Isaac Rex is Keaton Slovis' number one target. And it's playing out that way in the season. It's kind of fun to see things that happen in a practice actually carry over to games. We talked to Isaac Rex, shameless plug, every single Saturday on Cougar Sports Saturday and extended pregame, so don't miss that. We won't have it this week. It'll be podcast only with general conference taking place. But Isaac's been, I think, just very comfortable in who he is this year. He's healthy. He's playing great football. Trending down for me, uh, this shouldn't come as a surprise, but it is really trending down, and that is BYU's ground attack. It's just unacceptable what happened at Kansas. And I don't even look at Kansas' D and say, like, wow, they're loaded with NFL talent. Like, you could have said that with Arkansas's defensive line. Oh, wow, they got the the measurables and the talent. Kansas' defense is nice, but they're not top of the pack. They had to retool their entire front seven. Coming out of spring ball, there were serious questions about Kansas' front seven. And you would not have known that. And they held them to the nine game. rushing yards. Yep. Think about that. Nine. That wasn't just for a quarter. That was for the whole game. Nine rushing yards. And they couldn't really run it against Arkansas either. So that is that is trending down. And that, to me, is it's issue number one. It's issue number two. It's probably issue number three for me as well. You've got to get balanced if you want to have any chance of getting to a bowl game at this point, in my opinion. So run game trending down. Trending down for me, the injury report. And look, about a th- almost a th- or you're a third of the way through the season, getting into week five, it's been pretty good for BYU on the injury front this year. Uh, all things considered, I think the sports science, Doc- Dr. Skyler Main, Colby Clawson did a good job, but it's mounting up a little bit this week. Kingsley Suamati expected to be okay. He had a bruised thigh on his right leg. 
he's going to be good to go for BYU this week against Cincinnati. Parker Kingston, he's to be determined. Ben Bywater with a shoulder, to be determined. Waylon Lapuaho, a left arm injury. It might have been a left elbow. It was interesting, Matt. It was a classic case of me, the the game actions going to the left. You know exactly what I'm doing. I have the binoculars in the press box off to the right, just zeroing in on Waylon. I'm thinking, oh, no. Uh, is Waylon going to be good to go? They bring in Ian Fitzgerald, and I don't think that was anything special. There was NFL analysts saying that Ian Fitzgerald might be an NFL top 15 NFL offensive tackle. I'm thinking that's not the case coming out of out of the Kansas game. So injury report mounting up for BYU. We'll have more insight onto that. That was a that was a dirty play that Lapuaho got hurt yes. on. I hate it when linemen in screen in the screen game are getting chopped by DBs. That's that's bullcrap. We'll have more on the injuries report coming up a little bit later this week on KSLSports.com. But it is time to give oh. away the tickets to BYU Cincinnati. We've been building this up for a few weeks. This is a big game, Matt. It's almost sold out. There's only like 100 tickets left on BYU's ticket office. So we've got the wheel spinning on it's our all, live it's YouTube on the, It's on the YouTube. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, without... Further ado, <laughs> spin that wheel, producer Trevor. Spin that baby. Let's go. Okay, the wheel is spinning. Any moment now, we'll have the winner. You'll be contacted within the next 24 hours. And the winner is Phil Casper. We've got a Phil. winner. Well done, Phil. Man, Nicely done. When did Will call in? Feels Phil, like it's been a minute. It has been a minute from Phil. I think it was, uh, might have, it's been a few weeks. But oh, hey. Phil was last week, actually. Okay. Well done, Phil. Nice job. Phil, he, yeah. he, he's going to be going to the BYU-Cincinnati game. We'll get in touch with him, get him those tickets. So congrats to Phil and his family. He's going to the BYU-Cincinnati game. Big game because, you know, Cougars, Bearcats, it's first Big 12 home home game for BYU. Just your early thoughts on the Cougars and Bearcats. All-out cat fight once again in Provo. This Cincinnati game is much harder than I originally thought. Right. I, I thought when the – Schedule came out. This was an easy W, like maybe a double-digit W. This Cincinnati team, they're nothing special, but I don't think they're bad at anything. Like Offensively, they're good enough to win. They didn't show it against Oklahoma, but I do think Oklahoma's a pretty good football team. Holding Oklahoma to 20 points, though, defensively, was very impressive. BYU's got their work cut out for them on both sides of the football if they want to win. The good news is it's a super late game for Cincinnati, 10 Eastern kick for the Bearcats, and it's a short week, so that plays into BYU's favor, but they cannot be minus three in the turnover margin and expect to beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got one of the best defensive lines in the Big 12. Huge test for BYU's offensive line. That is where I'm watching this game because Cincinnati might have the best defensive tackle in college football. Dante Corleone, he's nicknamed the Godfather because of that name. He had six tackles against Oklahoma create a little bit of a pass rush, too, from the interior of their defensive line. So that is the matchup to watch for me. It starts in the trenches. They have to give time to Keenan Slovis, and we will have you covered Friday night inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kickoff, 8-15, here on KSL News Radio. The broadcast will be on ESPN. We've got the radio call here on the legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Mitch, it's a pleasure, as always. Sure uh, no Cougar Sports Saturday th- for conference. We'll be back next Monday, breaking down the Cincinnati game and then back on schedule with Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Nation on a weekly basis. So for Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte, Trevor Allen, all those who have helped produce the show, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week.